at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. So thank you so much for staying with us. The business of welfare is everybody's business and growing an unsustainable welfare gap that has widened during the COVID-19 pandemic has forced many non-profit organizations to make tough business decisions on survival over service, raising questions on the business of welfare. And you know, we've had this conversation many times with the Solidarity Fund as well. Dr. Armand Bam is Head of Social Impact and Senior Lecturer on Business in Society at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. Thank you so much, Dr. Bam, for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Um, good afternoon to the listeners and thank you for having me. Dr. Bam, let's define the welfare gap. What is a welfare gap? Well, in terms of what we're looking at now, I want to describe it as the difference between the cost at which social services are provided by nonprofits mm-hmm. and that which the market would reasonably pay for. So as, a, as a, a simple example, if we look at accommodation or, or housing yep. and we compare what a welfare organization does, it provides a bed and it provides uh, food mm-hmm. versus what a hotel provides. It provides bed and a food. So corporates do not enter into that space of providing bed and food to make a loss. And so when you look at this gap, mm-hmm. it's really between what, the market and, and government would reasonably pay for those services versus what the non-profit sector ends up um, actually paying for it. And, and what has since happened? Why is this gap a, a much bigger concern now since COVID-19 has, has been amongst us? Well, I think there's a number of factors that have led to this becoming a, quite a dire situation. Um, we're busy witnessing a commission that is looking at how money has been uh, funneled out of the fiscus, um, and then uh, spend on social development, even though it has uh, increased minimally, the number of people tapping into that system has also increased over time. Um, and then bring in the pandemic into this equation where it is that nonprofit organizations specifically were impacted uh, quite drastically because as the needs arose from mm. the citizens and the communities, their ability to generate funds and sustain themselves was curtailed through the inability to move to fundraise in a personable way. So, so that really has exacerbated the situation. And the CPOA, which has closed down three of its welfare homes now, is a very good example of what the impact of this pandemic has had. What may be surprising to those listening is that when you were listening during this pandemic period, particularly during the hardest lockdown period, there seemed to be a lot of money floating around. And that's where there's that dichotomy, right, where you're saying, no, in fact, a lot of NPOs couldn't raise the money and the funds required um, for the needs that were there. And yet, on the other hand, while we sit at home, we're listening in, we're hearing people say, this is the fund that's going to be available. These are the funds that are going to be available. Why is there such a discrepancy? Well, I think we have this notion of philanthropic giving which entered into this uh, conversation. Yes. Uh, when we look at the Solidarity Fund, initially there were talks of the big billionaires, the, the many billionaires giving and contributing uh, for this greater good cause. In fact, if you look at all the billionaires, it would take them at least a 100 years to give away all their money. So that's just an indication of how it is 
that people give, I mean, and the wealth that they that they hold on to. Yeah. The notion of the solidarity fund, I think, in all uh, honesty, had good intentions, mm-hmm. but management of a process like that is critical. So not only receiving the money, but how it is that that money is dispersed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's so many examples of non-profit organizations that money that manage money in, in quite an efficient way. And, and yeah, I want to, to highlight um, the gift of the givers. They've received quite a bit of attention in terms of the way that they've been able to deliver services as they've been able to tap into the support um, across the society. There's also, though, Dr. Bum, the the detail that we, we don't preoccupy ourselves with on the terms of the money coming in into NPOs, right? Where there are restrictions about how that money gets to be used, which also still leaves them with that massive deficit. Yeah, um, you know, I want to use one frivolous example when you look at corporate social investment. Yes. One of the biggest limitations when it comes to trying to access that funding is that you will see that corporates would say we do salaries. If you go into the social sector, it is a person to predominantly yep. Yep. person-to-person yep. service. Yep. And so we need to support those organizations who have to pay salaries. That's it. We cannot pay those people with bricks and yep. computers and chairs. Yep. And CSI initiatives need to rid themselves of that. It's crept in in quite a managerialistic mm. manner mm. to satisfy the, uh, uh, the, the bean counters, I want to mm-hmm. say, uh, lightheartedly. Mm. Um, but what it's lost is the heart of the intent of social investment. I mean, I mean you raised one, one example and others would say, no, we will not pay for your infrastructure. So you, you can, you know, help whatever you like, but do not, we will not pay for your telephone costs or whatever, which makes it just almost impossible sometimes. Yes. Show me a business that does not have a marketing budget. Yeah. Right? Show me a business that does not have uh, a, a state-of-the-art Wi-Fi system and what you will see in return is a business that is going down the drain. So those simple aspects that sustain a business operationally, we need to look at them differently. The investment is in the social mission of that organization. Leave those people to do the work that they know best to do. Do not dictate to them how it is that you want uh, them to spend your money, when it is that they know best how to do it. And I think that requires a relationship building, a transformational type of engagement rather than a transactional type of engagement. And too often it's about giving the money and wanting something uh, specific in return. Really a tick box exercise. If we give you the money, please can be added to our scorecard. Mm. We'll continue shining a spotlight on this. Thank you so much for your take, Dr. Aman Bam, who is a head of social impact and senior lecturer on business in society at the University of Stellenbosch Business School. It's one let Let's go to Utsile Saku for the latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utsile.